Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and on today's show, we're talking all about PSG's disappointing draw to Claremont and look ahead to Wednesday's highly anticipated Champions League clash against Newcastle. And here to help me do that is Ethan from PSG Fan Club Boise. Ethan, how are you doing this Monday night? I saw you got your 49ers t-shirt on, uh, rooting against the Seahawks, I'm sure. But uh, how how is your uh, Monday evening going otherwise? Oh, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, beginning of my busy season for work, but, you know, I'll still be uh, interacting on, on Twitter and doing these podcasts as much as I can. But, yeah, I got I to gotta rip my Niners right now, uh, uh, one of two 4-0 teams in the league, and it's a good start. So could be their year. We'll see. I've been waiting on uh, been waiting on it for to for it to be their year uh, for a while. Same as PSG. Those are the only two teams that I have not seen of mine win a championship in uh, you know major championship in my lifetime. So hopefully one of them can you know it'd be nice if both could check that box off this year. But uh, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, how you been? Yeah, it's all good on my end. Uh, I think we only got up to like 50 degrees today, so it's definitely hoodie weather. So I pulled out my favorite black uh, Jordan hoodie here, uh, PSG hoodie. So excited about the the changing of the seasons. Um, I wanted to ask you about your 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, if he played football, the the European football, what position would he play? Because he, he's pretty versatile. He can Ooh. catch out of the backfield. He can run. He can kind of do it all. But So what do you think? Attacking midfielder? That's kind of where I think he would be. Yeah, attack. He would be a good attacking midfielder. Um, yeah, very, very good footwork. He's he's a very good blend of strength and speed. Yeah, or or maybe like a, I don't know. I almost want to say like a like a target for not a target forward as a striker, but just like a pretty small or a strong striker. But I think I think his his footwork would probably be underutilized in that way. So yeah, I'd probably attacking midfielder. That pro that's that was actually a probably hit it, the nail on the head at the beginning there. Fantastic. All right, well, let's get back to uh, the real football. We've got PSG. I want to touch on a game. It was on Saturday. I know we're a little late getting to this, so forgive me. Life gets in the way. But I want to talk about Saturday because PSG traveled to Claremont in the in the construction zone that was their stadium. Completely controlled the game, I thought. Uh, created plenty of chances. You may know the the XG. I think it was something maybe like over two. Um, but ultimately they didn't score and, and credit to Claremont. I thought that he gave PSG a real challenge, but what was your main takeaway from that fixture? The, the nil nil draw. Yeah. Main takeaway. Um, yeah, you, you did, you did say it well, the XG was like two and a half, uh, for us. So really, even if we were finishing a little bit, uh, below average, then we probably should have scored twice. Somehow we didn't score at all. Um, you know, if we were extra clinical, could have scored four or five. But um, yeah, it's just it was just one of those days, you know. And Claremont did do good. Their their goalkeeper obviously was on fire, like a lot of goalkeepers are when they play us. Um, Former PSG youngster. Um, oh yeah, was he? Uh, Maury Diel. Oh, oh yeah, I guess Diel was. Huh? Gosh, I yeah. don't remember what year that would be. Is I think he's like thirty or thirty-one now. I, yeah, I just looked him up. Uh, Thirty years old from Senegal. Um, I think he played in in PSG's youth academy hmm. here, and you know, kind of under the radar. Didn't really work his way into the first team. Yeah. Um, with all the different goalkeepers over the years, and so now he's he's at Claremont, and man, man of the match. I thought. I mean, he was outstanding. Yeah. And yeah completely shut out PSG. He definitely was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just it was one of those games. I mean. 
and I think we're going to get to it in a little bit, but it's just, uh, I know that the front three has played together a good amount with France, but I just think, you know, it's going to take a little more than just playing. Because what, these guys are playing two, on average, two international games every couple of months, and they're training together, you know, for a week prior to that. It's it's good, but it's uh, at the club level, you know, you're just getting triple, quadruple, you know, 10 times the amount of, of time on the training pitch together. So I think we just give it a little more time. We haven't been outplayed in a game this year, honestly. Even the game against Nice, I wouldn't say that they outplayed us. That game could have easily ended in a draw uh, or even maybe even a win for us. So, yeah, just keep doing what we're doing. And, uh, you know, as because clearly the, the defense is, is getting better and that as well, too. It's just there's so much turnover in the team. As soon as these guys have had a couple months together uh, and Enrique figures out who's good, who's not, you know, what the best duos and trios are going to be for defense and attack, then I think we'll be in a good point or a good spot. Yeah, not overly concerned with this result. Um, of course, you want you want to win this one. PSG are not at the top of the table, so you need to see some uh, points and wins go on the board so we can climb the table. But overall, as a team performance, I thought there really wasn't a lot left to be desired other than the lack of goal scoring. I thought the team played well. I thought the formation worked well. Um, if there's a player that you could kind of call out was Kolomwani. I thought he was really disappointing in this game. Um, I thought that there were goals to be had and because of his poor performance. They just, we didn't score. And so sometimes you're going to have some of your stars, you know, we've seen it with Mbappe. Sometimes they just have an off day. So this was a case of maybe the team looking ahead a little bit, um, looking at Newcastle, kind of maybe worrying about more of their fitness than um, scoring goals. I don't, I don't know what it was, but we've seen this from PH before. They didn't have the mentality. It was a weird situation again with the construction scene going on, getting off the plane. They're probably like, what is going on here? So I don't know. There could have been any number of things going on, but it just, in this game, it didn't go PSG's way. But it, it's not to say that Luis Enrique got it completely wrong. Claremont bossed them, and there should be major concerns. I just thought this was just one of those weird league on games that we've been treated to uh, over over the years. But with the the lack of goals, Ethan, do you think that's going to hurt PSG going into the match against Newcastle. I'm a firm believer in that muscle memory, seeing the ball going into the back of the net, scoring goals, that you know you, you see that and then it carries over to the next game and then the next game and you just get used to it. Um, we'll get into Newcastle, but they're, they're scoring goals at a pretty good clip right now. Is the, is the lack of goals against Claremont going into Newcastle, is that going to hurt PSG, you think? Uh, it, it maybe could. I mean, I in my opinion, I think the only – only way it might hurt is just for guys' confidence. Like you said, Komwani had a bad day. The the amount of times that he got behind the defense uh, on our in our game this weekend and couldn't put in a good cross or really get a, a half decent uh, shot on target uh, that might hurt the confidence a little bit. You know, um, we had a couple you know couple times we could have had a a penalty called for us, but. They would have been questionable, I think, all of them. So, ref decided to not give them, and I think that's. I think we should have had at least one, but I, I think it's it's not a, an absurd idea that the ref doesn't give any. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's that's it, though, because the thing I'm concerned about, or not concerned about, what I'm thinking of is how Claremont and Newcastle 
will almost surely play us in completely different fashions. And because of that, I mean, I can't remember what our match was right before, uh, right before Dortmund. Gosh, what did we? Have? I swear we had a draw or something. How right could you forget that. that would have been? I believe it was Marseille. Right before Dortmund? No, that was you, right after, wasn't it? No, it was right before. It was four um, oh, nil. Really? Wow. Yeah. Marseille right before Dortmund? Gosh, mm-hmm. okay. I mean, my memory's not very good. So that's why for my job, I take an obscene amount of notes. Um, and for this kind of stuff, too, if I need to remember something, I take a bunch of notes. So um, weird. Yeah, we, I mean, we did score a bunch there. Um, I'm still going to guess no, that it's it won't affect us. I still think we'll probably score at least twice on uh, against Newcastle. Just because, like I said, they're going to play us so much differently than Claremont did. Newcastle, they played poorly in their first game against AC Milan, and their XG was nowhere near even 1.0. And if they're thinking if they lose here, I mean, if they lose here and Milan win, then all of a sudden they are they're three points out of of you know advancing the next round. I know it's really early, but you have to think. I mean, we're essentially in a small little six game season here, and Two draw or a draw and a loss to start the the, the campaign is is a very poor start for anyone, uh, unless you're, you know, like the the a, a bad pot four team, you know, some someone a team like uh, Copenhagen where they just get in there and they're just thinking we're not finishing above Bayern or United, so let's just try and make the Europa League kind of thing. But Newcastle aren't in that. No no team in this group is like that. So I think this group is going to provide a lot of fireworks especially when teams are getting desperate in the latter stages. And I think with this new team we've seen, I'm going to guess that that will probably benefit from that. But we'll see. Yeah, and, and good um, good on you for calling out the, the penalties. I definitely thought it was that Mbappe was kind of pulled down in the box for, by his shirt. Certainly, I thought it was a penalty. I, I can't figure out VAR. I, it's just, get rid of it. It's just so stupid at this point. Like. Did- it did gets you, it right. Did, it gets it wrong. Who did, knows when they use what, it? I don't know. Yeah. Did you hear what Christian Pulisic said today or I yesterday? Know, I saw after? him trending. Yeah, but what did he say? Well, he just said someone just asked him in some interview. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, if it was before his match this weekend or after, because he scored the uh, match-winning goal for Milan over the weekend. But um, some interview, don't know when it was recorded, but um, they asked him, you know, what would you do with VAR? If you could, and he said, "Oh, I'd completely get rid of it." He's like, personally, in my opinion, it uh, you know, I get that it can, um, you know, get some decisions correctly and you know help reduce the margin of error or something like that. But he said, overall, it's just uh, he just is not a fan, and I get that. It's it's a little bit of an old school mentality. Um, I personally, I mean, I, I would probably keep it if I had to, but you know, yeah, he just. He called it out, so I, I thought it was funny. Thought I'd bring that up. So, you know, Captain yeah, I mean, America for us. We say this and watch. There'll be a VAR decision that'll give PSG the win against Newcastle. And we're like, oh, we love it, great. Yeah. You know, this wouldn't have happened a few years ago. So, I guess, I guess I go both ways. But it is a little bit annoying that we don't really know when it is supposed to be used, and like they just don't. I guess there's rules laid out, but it, I guess they're just not always followed. And they should have been a penalty for Mbappe, but to Claremont's. Um, 
credit. They they probably should have had a penalty as well, so they would have um, equaled themselves out. Um, I, I misspoke earlier. I said PSG had an XG of like two, and I'm looking on FOT Mob, and they they have it uh, PSG at 3.06 XG. So to give you kind of a, a, a little hint of how many goals they, they should have scored, uh, 21 total shots, 10 on target. So, again, uh, the Claremont goalkeeper was just standing on his head to use a hockey reference there, just really keeping PSG out. So disappointing not to see those goals. I think it could carry over. I, I think there is, as we've said, there's something to seeing the ball going in the back of the net, having that consistency um, of scoring, not having it. Um, while Newcastle have scored eight goals against Sheffield, I think it was, they beat Manchester City, they beat Burnley, if I'm not mistaken, and they're, they're scoring goals. So um, certainly Newcastle are going into this match riding a little bit more of a, a goal-scoring high than PSG. Um, I want to talk about the formation um, that was used by Luis Enrique in the Claremont match. It was a back three. You love it? Hate it? Do you like those three players? you think it'd be better with three other defenders? What what are your thoughts on this formation? Yeah, maybe I'll be sounding like a little bit of a homer here or just uh, going with the, the flow, I guess. But um, I liked that formation for that game. Um, but I would not like that formation against Newcastle on Wednesday. Uh, I think it was not a bad idea to not play with a defensive midfielder because, honestly, Claremont didn't have a huge attacking threat, although... We always know how good Ugarte has been when he plays, but the thing is you can't play him all the time. So we decided to rest him. Um, I'm pretty sure, like I said, memory's terrible. Warren uh, Zara Emery didn't start. Uh, I think he got subbed on late. So, And then also we didn't play you Lucas Hernandez because um, you, you just he's basically our only serviceable left back right now, and he wouldn't even be playing left back if Nuno Mendes wasn't hurt. So, and um, you know, I'm sure the club, I'm sure Luis Enrique didn't love that the club couldn't sell Kurzawa before the window because Kurzawa's eaten up like six million or so in salary estimated. But I just don't see him ever getting on the pitch. Like, I, I feel like Enrique would almost change formation like he did this weekend, then, then start leaving Kurzawa. So, I just, I just don't. Yeah, I wish that we probably could have got rid of him, um, saved a little bit of money there. But uh, he also was part of the some of the players that had some he was not so great remarks after the Marseille and yeah, which is really funny. It I do love that. It kind of it kind of shows that Kurzawa. I mean, he's French. He I don't think he was born in Paris, but man, he he does love PSG. He loves being a part of it. Uh, but it's just kind of the thing. I mean, I'm sure there are a hundred other players. Mm-hmm. Throughout Liga or Liga, who would love to play for PSG, but they just simply don't have the quality. So yeah. that's kind of the case for him, I think. It's just he's the one who happens to have a contract, and all those other guys are playing for for small clubs like Marseille and and whatnot. So um, yeah, the uh, it's just it was a good formation for that game, I think. I mean, like I said, didn't need a defensive midfielder. We posted a shutout, you know, got the clean sheet. And it's a bit more attacking focused, um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's it is just a bummer that we didn't score. But yeah, I would not like to see that formation against Newcastle. I'd like a a four three three. I want Ugarte back there. I want Warren Zaremi playing, and then whoever whoever Luis Enrique feels is best 
in the midfield. I don't know if he'll go with Vitinha again, where he kind of plays as a almost a wide midfielder uh, or turns into a winger at times. Coming off the man of the match performance, I think you have to run him out there True. again. Good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, I'm just wondering if, like, I feel like Luis Enrique, he knows he's got so many different combos that he could do tactically. I just wonder if that's the one that he'll choose to go with for the match. But, um, yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, I think it'll be a an approved lineup, an approved formation. Um, yeah. I think Enrique was kind of hoping that, hey, let's put out a slightly weaker side. Hopefully we can get the win. We were super unlucky not to. And, you know, we move on. Luckily, we're only two points behind. Um, Monaco, I believe, is top of the table. So we're getting really lucky. Only two points behind at this point in the season. Um, that is sort of remarkable. Yeah. But, you know, we'll take it. Yeah, two points. Um but knees, Reims, Brest, Monaco, they're all ahead of us. So we'll have to keep keep recording points here um, to climb the table. But back to the formation, I like this back three idea. I like that we kind of have it in our back pocket and we can utilize it when we, against teams, like you said, Claremont, where you don't need the defensive midfielder. I like that we were able to give Ugarte the night off, really, and let him rest up for the big match against Newcastle, where I'm sure he'll have 75 ground duel one. Uh, he's just going to be insane. So let's let him rest up and any injuries. Let's, let's make sure he's getting the treatment he needs. So I like this idea. I love the idea of Barcola as that kind of left wing, wing back. I think he's really, really efficient there. Um, I like Hakimi as the, the other right wing back and he's able to get forward. So, and then with the attacking three, this lineup was set up to score goals, uh, in Vitinha there in the midfield. I mean, Again, the XG was high, and they really should have scored. It's just disappointing they didn't, but I thought it, it worked really well. Again, all the all the players really performed well. There weren't really that many bad performances outside of Kolomuani. So um, I love that we have this. I don't think we'll see it against um, Newcastle. We'll talk a little bit about what we think the tactics will be for that match. Uh, but I do like that we have this. And maybe Newcastle coming to the park, maybe we deploy something like this. Once we get a, a feeling of their players and how they match up against ours. I think we're this matches. We're going to kind of feel them out, but this back three could be very interesting, especially later in the champions league group stage. If we, we need to push for a goal, maybe this is something that we can switch to. So um, I like Luis Enrique that he has formations for different teams and situations. Um, let's see. All right. Let's, let's just get right into it. We, we talked to, we kind of nibbled at the edges. Let's get right into the meal here. So PSG are going to travel to Newcastle. Uh, for Wednesday's Champions League match. Uh, the match is, will, will, will feature uh, Kylian Mbappe, who was in the squad. Um, he played 90 minutes against Claremont, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, got a yellow card, too. Um, but there was a report that he may not be 100% fit. We know he has that kind of ankle injury that he picked up against Marseille. Do you think that he needs to be at his best, 100% healthy, in order to beat Newcastle? Uh, no. Uh, next question. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, no, <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't have to be. Uh, and the fact that those reports, I mean, I'm sure those reports were from like keep or someone like that, but they're, you know, they're yeah. not like lying, but you know, they, every French media that, that we typically go to, they can put out some pretty, uh, questionable stories at times, but you know, like keeps typically better than most, but my guess is if if Luis Enrique let him play 90 minutes at Claremont, then uh, he's probably fine. 
honestly, I think he'll, I think he's good to go. So if, you know, if it was, I mean, just look at, look at back at our Champions League match against Bayern back in uh, February. Mbappe wasn't at a hundred percent. We subbed him on the second half. We could have done something like that, but they chose not to. They started him right away. So um, I, I, I'm not really worried about it. I think it'll be fine. Um, you know, like we've touched on before, his match fitness seems to be very, very good. He doesn't need a lot of time to get acclimated or back into the swing of things. So uh, doesn't really worry me at all. Uh, I'm not, yeah, doesn't concern me because, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking as, you know, uh, what I would do if I was in Luis Enrique's position. But, I mean, the man is smart. He knows football so much better than me, obviously. I just don't think he would have risked Mbappe, but he decided to play him 90. So uh, I think it's fine. Yeah, we, we talked about it after the injury. We were like, maybe he comes on for maybe 30 minutes against Claremont. The fact that he played 90 minutes, I think that tells you everything you need to know. I think that Mbappe is probably just fine. He had a pretty decent performance uh, against Claremont. We saw, uh, we mentioned before, against Bayern Munich, he came in um, and changed completely changed that game last season in the first leg when he was not at, clearly not at 100%. Um, he was subbed on and completely changed that game. So um, Mbappe is a player that I think can make a difference, whether he's 100% fit, 75% fit. Whatever he is, if, he, if he's able to play, we'll take it. But I don't think he does need to be 100% fit, and I don't think he is the key to beating Newcastle because of the signings that PSG have made. Dembele and Kolomwani should be more than capable of taking some of the goal-scoring um, workload off of Mbappe. Maybe let him be more of a decoy. Uh, let the defense kind of focus on him and making sure there's not enough, uh, not not a lot of space that he can run into. And then Dembele and Moani should just be attacking on the other side there and, and going up the middle. And so I think that if those two players can rise up to the occasion, I think that's that's the ultimate goal. Is that to get the PSG sign those players to give Mbappe some help so he doesn't have to do it all. And and now is the time to show up. This is why you came for games like this. This is why this is when PSG needs you. So it's time to, to stand up, be counted. Uh, no more poor performances. I'm not saying you need to score four goals each, but like, let's no no more slipping as you're trying to kick the ball in a wide open goal. And you know, let's put in some good crosses and and let's make the right decisions and 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 feed off of Mbappe and what he's able to do on that left flank and the all the ability and, and attention that he takes over there. Take advantage of that. Take advantage of that. So I, I think that that would be my game plan, but. Any other thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah, I, I, I kind of liked what the idea you had of even if Mbappe isn't 100%, then he's still, I'd still be playing him. Um, there was some quote that I saw today. I'm sure it wasn't said today by Pep Guardiola, but he was talking about how, uh, just how helpful, you know, he was talking tactics a little bit. And I'm not a brilliant tactician. You know, I play football manager. I play FM22 on my computer a little bit. And I'm okay, but I'm not like a brilliant, you know, I'm not, you see, yeah, you ever seen uh, the Man City documentaries, uh, just where they show in the locker room, <laughs> Pep's just like moving all these little magnets of the players all over. He's like, you go here, you go here, press here. Uh, I'm not like that, but I do think what um, could be, we could use Mbappe for is, you know, like you said, kind of as a decoy, mm -hmm. defenders are drawn to him. They They don't want to leave him a bunch of space at the same time. They don't want to press him super hard because they don't want to get dribbled right through. But if you can draw defenders over to the left side of the pitch where he'll likely be, just create like an overload 
on that end of the end of the field. And then quickly with, you know, and this is where Vitinha and Warren's Armory's uh, good passing needs to come into play. Quickly switch the ball over to the right side where you've got probably Dembele and or Hakimi. Mm -hmm. And once you've got it over there, maybe they've just got a two-on-two or a one-on-two on the wing. You can get a guy inside the box with a decent chance to cross. So, um, and then of course you'll have Colmani or Ramos there to hopefully in the box, put their head on or something like that. So, um, yeah, I want to see kind of a lot of that stuff. I want to see us get behind the defense. I want to mm -hmm. see us, you know, I really like the play, we, the way we played uh, versus Claremont, even despite their low block. And we'll probably just have more chances to score on, on Newcastle because they're, they're going to be going for a win, of course. So, um, yeah, I guess that's my final thoughts on, on that sort of. Yeah, and, and I like your point about crossing it over to Dembele. We've seen him. He could take on a defender and beat them with ease. If you have if you have Hakimi with an overlapping run, we all, you know, his crosses are kind of hit or miss, but PSG can get in a cross pretty much at any point that they want. You start out wide with Mbappe, maybe Lucas Hernandez is out there and they kind of work something, then you switch it, and all of a sudden the defense has to and, and Newcastle's defense is not fleet of foot, I don't think. Most defenses are, but I, if you can stretch them back and forth and you can switch the ball, and I think we can whip in crosses with ease and it's all about, again, Colomuani. Is he even going to be able to get on the end of those? Are we going to be able to scramble in the box, maybe score an ugly goal? That's what it's going to take, but I think PSG will be able to create chances almost at will because you do have Mbappe there on the wing and he takes so much of the attention and we have so much more quality now in the attack going forward. Um, so we'll have to see how that one goes. But I want to talk about, um, can it keep going on uh, with the, the tactics um, talk? Because I don't know if I necessarily want to know, like, like you said, I don't, don't pull out your magnets or anything. But do you think this is a game where PSG opening whistle, let's go, let's go score goals. We're going, you know, full throttle. We're trying to score goals. Or do you think they sit back, absorb pressure, and then hit on the counter? Or do you think this is a possession game and they just try to maybe run out the clock and escape with a nil-nil or maybe even a 1-1 draw? What do you think is going to be the mentality and the and the tactics that Luis Enrique is going to go with? Um, man, I wish I knew more on how uh, Newcastle played. But as you touched on, they, they beat Sheffield United 8-0 like a week and a half ago or a week ago. Uh, then their B team beat Man City's B team in the League Cup. And then they beat Burnley comfortable 2-0 two, two uh, a couple days ago. I wish I knew more about Newcastle, so I could be totally wrong on this. But if I had to guess, uh, that place is going to be rocking. It's going to be very loud. It's their first Champions League match in something like two decades or more. I think the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, we're going to come out. And uh, we're, I think we're going to absorb some pressure. They're, you know, We're going to try and make things boring for Newcastle because if if we can get I mean there's not a lot of crowds in England that can rival crowds in France, Germany, and Italy. But uh if there is a crowd that can do it, I'd say St. James Park is probably one of them. So I think if we just make the game boring, fifteen minutes in, we haven't given them any chances. Don't, you know, don't get their fans excited. Don't get them because these dudes, a lot of these guys have never played a Champions League match in their life. Uh, before the other day, and a lot of them are young and experienced. If that crowd gets behind them, they're going to think they're invincible. And then, you know, maybe it'll be overconfidence from them. 
but um, they're they'll, they'll just the odds of of them being like, yeah, you know what? I'll take on Lucas Hernandez in a duel on the right wing and I'll win. It's just the odds that I feel like increase when you've really got the crowd behind you. So um, I'd say, I guess I'm hoping, yeah, you know, Lewis Enrique is better than me. So, uh, but if I guess if I had to take a stab at what we're going to, what we should do in this match, then start with that, start off kind of slow. Once the crowd is, is a little bit faltering and getting out of it, um, once, especially, especially if Newcastle come out pressing us like crazy, um, their players will, uh, players normally tire from the press in like the 65th, 70th minute, but you know, you, you fatigue a little bit after you've done that for probably the first 20 minutes. So once they've got a little fatigue, you know, everyone's sweating pretty good and then, then kind of start turning it on and, you know, try and just like almost flip a switch and then we're just going. And we try and put insane pressure on them. Just, you know, our high pressing system, it's worked very, very well in most of our games this year. Um, basically, the one it didn't work was uh, against Nice. That was kind of all that I can remember. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I'd like to play that. And then play real high intensity. Because our players should be thinking, I mean, yeah, it's a poor start to the league on season. But let's be real. We're only down two points. And we've played this poorly. We've we've been this bad at scoring goals. We should We should win league with with relative ease i think so it's really just about guys you have to give 100 percent for these champions league matches liga of course is important but we're i think we should be fine you know let's not worry about that I and mean, the champions league is the priority of course so um yeah go go 100 110 percent i hate using percentages that are above 100 i just think it's corny but um 110 percent uh, and uh, give it your all. And, yeah, that's how I'd like us to play the game. We always go 173% here at PSG Talk. Um, no, I, I agree with you. I think, um, yeah, the crowd, we're going to get to the atmosphere in there in a second, but um, I, I think the mistake would be sitting back like we saw against uh, Bayern Munich last season and we just like let them do whatever they want because I think that's when a goal could come you know it's all that it's going to take is one little mistake whether it's Donnarumma or Marquinhos slipping or something like that so I think that PSG absolutely should not sit back and absorb pressure and try to hit on the counter I think it's just a bad decision I think I'm with you take the sting out of the game PSG under Luis Enrique are one of the best possession teams in all of Europe. Get the ball, hold on to the ball, pass it around either in the midfield or just over into Newcastle's end, pass it around, switch it side to side. Whatever you got to you work little triangles, get them to run around and, and burn some energy. Um, and then when you don't have the ball, uh, go like uh, Ugarte said, and he said, quote, when we have the ball, it's a game. When we don't, have it it's a fight when you don't have the ball fight to get it back because if you have it they're not able to score their fans aren't going to get into the game take the sting out of the game win the ball back play sound defense press win it and then pass it around every time you get the ball that should be five minutes of possession if you can right there wait till the second half and that's when you make your move that i don't maybe is that when you go to the back three and, and you push forward and say hey hakimi and hernandez get forward and let's Let's see what we can we can uh, steal this and get a goal. Keep in mind, Newcastle drew against uh, AC Milan on the road at the San Siro, so they're on one point. They're going to be looking for a big win to stay in this this race in the in the group. They're going to be hungry to score goals, and so I think anything that PSG can do, I think it's going to be a game of professional fouls. I think if Newcastle start 
getting forward a little bit, tug them back a little bit, pull them back, take a you know a, a cheap little foul. Don't I'm not saying yellow card offenses, but th- there's a way to do a professional foul where you can end a, a rush, you know, end an attack, get get regrouped, that sort of thing. I think PSG hopefully are aware of that and are, are going to be capable of doing that. So I think in that first half, it's going to be all about smart play, no mistakes, keep possession, win the ball back. And then in the second half, I think that's when PSG should make their move. So I agree with you there. Let's talk about the the atmosphere because you talked about first time in decades since the Champions League game has been there. I saw today that there's going to be like a drone show. Like they're going to have drones making the jersey of the Newcastle players. It looks wild. If you, if you go to my uh, at PSG talk, you can kind of see I retweeted it. It's going to be crazy, that atmosphere there. I mean, people talk about, you know, Liverpool and Champions League nights, and I think it absolutely can make an impact. I think working to PSG's favor is Kylian Mbappe has been in World Cup finals. Donnarumma, you know, he's been in the won the Euros. Uh, Hakimi. I mean, we've got veterans, Hernandez, Marquinhos. We've got players who've got that international experience, who've been in Champions League finals, who've won Champions League. So I'm not too worried about our team buckling under the pressure. Even Zaire Emery, he, he's been in a Champions League match um, at his young age as a teenager. So I'm not too worried about that, but I am worried about if there is one mistake. Are we going to see the same old PSG where they make a mistake and then they just bury their heads and the crowd takes over and then it's just a tidal wave of attack of attack of attack and we get run out of the building? Is there any bit of you that's a little bit worried about that? Uh, I would have been last year. I would have Mm -hmm. been the year before that. And maybe it's just overconfidence. I I try to be a realist, but I think deep down I'm an optimist a bit. Um, I'm not worried about that. I think... We saw against Nice, uh, of course, Nice are probably not as good as Newcastle, of course, but uh, when we're down against Nice 3-1, uh, I think that was at home, too. Uh, There's probably we, no two different locations, Newcastle and Nice. Like, Oh, yeah, as far like as weather-wise. Weather, yeah, the- they're completely different weather-wise <laughs> and, and culture and climate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's funny. But uh, the Newcastle, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was at home. We did not falter. We lost that game. You know, we lost it, but um, we did not give up. Definitely can't say that we just threw in the towel after going down 3-1 pretty late. Uh, Mbappe had a great goal. We had a lot of other chances. That's just Nice played the low block well enough to prevent a goal to last like five minutes or whatever. So um, I I don't think we're going to buckle. I think, you know, if Luis Enrique realizes that, you know, maybe we've got guys that are on the pitch and they're better uh, tactically or technically, um, but they need to get subbed off for someone who's a bit of a more of a mentality warrior. Then he he may do that in the second half. But as far as what you said, uh, I'm not I'm not worried about that. And uh, the Newcastle manager, we should say Eddie Howe. I don't know if he has a lot of Champions League experience. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can't. But was he, he was at Burnmouth, right? Yeah, I think he was at Bournemouth before that. Um, just I think here, before Burnley, that, Burnley. Yeah, so think, he he wouldn't have any Champions League experience. So this is a, yeah. a big test for him. Luis Enrique is a Champions League winner, a treble so, winner. Yeah, so he. Yeah, I, I think this is a game where he tactically he should just dance all around poor Eddie Howe, uh, who doesn't have that experience. And so I, I think that this is, PSG should be okay, but. 
we've we've had different managers over the years and the same issues, but a lot of those players are now gone. So we'll have to see if this is truly uh, a new era of PSG where if we go down a goal early, can we shake it off and bounce back and battle back? We've seen that so far this year. Maybe we haven't always battled back on the score sheet, but we the fight is still there. We we don't like just give up. So very optimistic. I think it'll be okay. And working the PSG's favor is uh, expected to be over 2,100 PSG fans will be in attendance. And we've seen the the traveling ultras when they go to games. They they can make as much noise as the home supporters. We saw it at Dortmund and some other matches. So I'm really, really excited to see what the away fans are, are going to do there. Yeah, those are all good points. Um, I don't know if I've got anything to add, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried. It'll It'll be really interesting to see. Typically in my head, I, I like to think that, oh, like you don't need to be that experienced to win the Champions like, League, you don't, or to win Champions League matches. And, um, you know, you don't see a lot of old, old teams going deep in the tournament other than, you know, Inter last year. Um, but it just doesn't happen very often. So I, I want to think that maybe that inexperience won't hurt Newcastle. Um, but maybe I'll be wrong. Um, you know, maybe I'll kind of have my eyes open a little bit. Whereas, yeah, like the the Champions League, like a weekday match um, against some team from a country you've never lived in, basically, or don't know anything about is, uh, yeah, it can be kind of interesting and throw you off. And um, I am also interested to see, yeah, same as you, I, I want to see how we are going to react to if we go down a goal. Um, I, I just think, yeah, we might not win, but I think the players have clearly bought into Enrique's system. I mean, I think a big indicator that Enrique is a, a better manager and he's got better influence over some of the guys of the past is Pochettino loved high-pressing systems with young players. He didn't really get the squad he wanted because, um, you know, he who shall not be named Leonardo uh, wanted to sign a lot of old guys. But um, he didn't get the squad he wanted. But regardless, just no one, a lot of those older guys never bought into his high-pressing system. Um, Galtier, known for being very, very good defensively in Liga. We were not a good defensive team last year, even in Liga. So I uh, didn't keep a, uh, a UCL clean sheet last season. So, but I think the the biggest thing, sorry, I, that was a long explanation to this, but the, the thing that stands out to me is how Mbappe is even pressing a good amount now. You see him really deep, really deep trying to press. And um, we haven't seen that in the past years. You know, it's, I think it's understandable given the, the egos and the personalities and the you know the big names of of M&M at the club that it's like those three aren't going to want to press. Um so I could see it but even even Mbappe's bought in a little bit and I'm sure if Neymar and Messi were still here they'd likely have bought in too. So um yeah, I just think those are it's it's it can only be a positive. Yeah, and credit to Luis Enrique, who we've talked about. He comes in, he's he's got the resume, he's got the wins. Like he he can walk in there and say, I've I've done it before. And I think that at least for this squad, that makes a big difference as opposed to a manager coming in, even like a Nagelsman who would come in, he has a reputation, but what has he really won? So I think um Luis Enrique is a little bit more seasoned, has a little bit more wins under his belt. He could command that dressing room a little bit more. Um Let's get, we got two more for you, Ethan. We'll get you out of here. So uh, I wrote a piece over on PSG Talk Extra Time on Substack about players that need to step up and have a solid performance for PSG to be able to get a positive result here against Newcastle. 
give me maybe your one or two players you're going to be looking at and you're going to say, for PSG to win this match, this person needs to have, you know, an 8, 9, 10 rated game. You know, who who are you going to be looking at? Yeah, I'm going to be looking at, that's a good question. I don't know if I could just pick one or two, but um, beating a dead horse, but Manuel Garte, of course, just anchoring the defense. I'm interested to see how whoever our midfielders that start as far as central midfielders, not Ubartu is a defensive midfielder, whoever our central midfielders are, uh, if we are ever going to dominate possession and control the the flow of the game and, and silence the crowd through endless bouts of possession the way that you were talking a couple minutes ago, uh, then the midfield has got to step up. And I'm sure at times Newcastle, they got a pretty young team. They're going to be running around full of energy. Uh, we're going to have to be pretty press resistant probably in the midfield. Uh, and then lastly, I'm very, uh, whoever the right winger is, probably Dembele. I'm very interested to see how his his crossing and how Hakimi's crossing is going to be. I I just feel that we're going to have a good amount of chances to get the ball in the box. But as we've seen so far, it's the reason that Gonzalo Ramos somehow only has two goals for us. Uh, the delivery is often poor. Uh, on, on the way to him. So um, that's just the thing that we've gone over this, that crossing is, is one of our weaknesses. It's not something we've excelled at for at least five years. Um, but I want to see an improvement of, from, you know, in crossing from the last couple of games. Yeah, you touched on two players that I had. So Garte, absolutely. What more can be said? And then I put both <clears throat> Kolomwani and Dembele. Um, you know, Mbappe is the obvious choice there. But as I kind of talked about earlier, that that these two players need to be highlighted because they need to take some of that burden off of Mbappe. So I'm going to be looking at those two players. Can at least one of them score? What are the crossing looking like? You know, the overlapping runs. What are they doing to create those opportunities? Um, one that's maybe a little bit off the radar is uh, Donnarumma and goal. He has all the tools um, to be an amazing goalkeeper, and he is a world-class goalkeeper. That's why we brought him here. Um, his inability to play out from the back with his feet, his affinity for sometimes making mistakes on big stages for PSG. Can he erase that that brief history he's had with us and, and say that was the past? This is the new Donnarumma moving forward with PSG. Can he can he play the ball out from the back? Can he create you know? counterattacks. Um, we talked about maybe that's something in the second half piece she might look to do. Can he launch it either with a pass or a long throw? Can he, you know, command the box on crosses? Newcastle are going to be very physical, set pieces. You know, how does he look? Can he can he be there to make those saves? He's going to be called upon. I'm going to say he's probably going to need to make at least three to four big, big saves for us because I think Newcastle are going to create those chances. He's got to make saves. He's got to launch attacks. He's got to play the ball out with his feet. There's a lot for him to do, and he's capable of doing it. But will he do it tonight or on Wednesday night? We'll have to see. So I'm going to say if he has an outstanding game, PSG are probably going to escape with at least the draw, if not the win. So I'll be looking at him. Yeah, those those are good points. Those are good players to pick. I'm also curious, um, just last little point, um, I, just, I wish Nuno Mendes was healthy because – Ideally, I think um, Newcastle, uh, Newcastle may sit back. Um, oh, yeah, we could talk about him. Yeah, but yeah. Newcastle will probably be sitting back at times when we've got extended possession. 
And then when they win it, uh, they'll probably look to counterattack a, a, a fair amount, at least a little bit. And Skriniar is not the fastest guy. He is a great player that when you need to defend a lead and, you know, guys are whipping balls in, into the box, he can header that away. He and Marquinhos are great at that. But what Marquinhos is better at than him is, is Marquinhos is much quicker. Marquinhos is a guy that can sometimes track, you know, track down a, a pacey forward on a counterattack and, and at least get in his way and, and make it, the shot a bit tougher for him. So I, I ideally, I still think that our best team uh, to start games is probably going to be Nuno Mendez when he's healthy. And then Lucas Hernandez is the left center back. And then Marquinhos is the right center back. That's, that's what I think will be best. Um, I know Marquinhos typically plays, um, well, in seasons past, he's played both left and right center back, but I think that's just our best. I think it's, it's pretty balanced. I mean, Lucas Hernandez, not as good in the air as Skriniar, um, but I think at everything else, he's probably a, a, a bit better. And especially if we need to attack late in games, um, Skriniar would be better on corners and such, obviously in the box, but Lucas Hernandez, he's a guy that he'll, He's a bit more of a ball-playing defender, whereas Skriniar can oftentimes be a no-nonsense center back. It's just get the ball out, just play strictly defense. Don't worry about what you're doing with the ball. Just get it out of our box kind of a thing. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. But I, I think, I hope we see that when Nuno Mendes is back in a couple months that we see our best football with uh, with him on the pitch. But a bit off topic, but it just yeah, had and we'll we'll touch on Nuno Mendes here in just a second, but Newcastle's leading scorer Alexander Isak, hopefully I pronounced that correctly, he's got something five goals and eight appearances I think for the club. Yeah. He he's a physically imposing. He can get up and get to a header. So Skriniar, you mentioned he's good in the air, so I think that's where he's going to be called upon. Can he go up and battle Donnarumma at six foot five? Can he come out and and get some of those crosses from Newcastle before they find uh, Isak? So. Um, that's going to be crucial. Miguel Amaron, who we'll know from his time at Atlanta here in Major League Soccer. Now he's over in Newcastle. He's going to be a heck of a player for them. Out on the wing, I think he, he likes to play. So he could be a player putting in some of those crosses. So we'll have to keep an eye on him as well. But I think those are the two most dangerous players I think PSG would need to keep an eye on. Um, and then just backtrack to Nuno Mendes. If you hadn't heard the news, um, the left back, he's going to be out for about four months. He had to have... Uh, surgery over in Finland. Um, he's been out since what April with a groin injury. So I don't know what's going on with the groin. We all assumed he was coming back soon, but I guess they did new scans and whatever. They found something, and he's going to have surgery in Finland. It, it's all very, very worrying. We don't really have the details of what's what's going on. Best case scenario, he comes back and he's ready for the group stage. Of the Champions League, worst case is he he might just miss the the entire season, and he'll have to have a whole summer of fitness and getting ready. So, Ethan, I mean, he he's you could say he's probably the best left back in in the world uh, until his injury, and then this happens. How worried are you? Yeah, on his day, he's definitely uh, at a top three left back in the world. I mean, yeah, just as far as uh, an an attacking fullback or. Or wing back, um, yeah, he he can be a beast. Um, it is tough, yeah. Like you were saying, I think you accidentally said group stage, but I think we all know what you meant by. Hopefully, he can be back by the round of sixteen. That's what, um, yeah, knockout stage. Right? I, I knew what you meant, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, hopefully he's 
yeah, I don't know. It is tough because yeah, I think we thought that he was yeah, like you said, he was coming back soon. Um, I I might be just thinking I heard this, but I didn't. I believe he reaggravated whatever was going on, and then obviously they elected to do the surgery. But um, yeah, it does it does suck that he he's there. And I think at times, if we don't want to compromise our formation, I mentioned Kurzawa earlier. I think he's going to have a role to play this season in these league on games where we want to get Lucas Hernandez some rest. We're going to have to play him. I mean, good thing we. I was skeptical about the Lucas Hernandez signing at first because. I was worried that he was just a Marseille homer. Turns out he's not. <laughs> um, and then second, his injury history, which hasn't been an issue so far, but it is early. But if we didn't have him, we would be starting Kurzawa at left back all this time. And that would probably take a hit on just our our form in general. So, um, yeah, man, I, I hope he can be back for the round of 16. I just wonder how long. Because like you said, he'll by the time he's back, He'll have been out for like nine or ten months. How many matches is he going to need to get fit? I mean, if we're in the thick of the season, do you risk throwing in a guy who's not match fit, who's not sharp? And you know we're not going to have an easy knockout stage round to sixteen. It's going to be some oh, crazy. Oh no, we'll definitely we'll win our group city or something. Yeah, just just like a couple, you know, what twenty sixteen? Yeah, we won our group with ease. Um, I think it was with ease. And then who do we draw in the round of sixteen? Uh, group runners up Real Madrid, who were going for the three peat, and we lost to Welcome them. Welcome back, Nuno. I know you're you're just getting back from groin surgery, but here, go defend Erling Haaland or somebody. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, <laughs> man, yeah. Just statistically, we've got the hardest round of sixteen draws in the world the last ten or so years. I mean, um, there's somewhere you can look that up. They've got you know here are the UEFA club rankings, and there's this whole system figured out. Yeah, we've had the toughest draws, so. You know that, uh, especially if, if we don't win our group, we will not get the weakest group winner. I promise you. Um, so yeah, let's go win the group. But yeah, you're right. It's just, it's going to be tough to at that point of the season to ease and back in, especially that's the part of the season where we've got Coupe de France matches, uh, pretty frequently, uh, barring we don't get upset in the first one or two rounds that we play in. Um, yeah, that's just going to be a weird part of the season for him to come back in, I think. It also might be why Luis Enrique is kind of working with that back three formation and having Hakimi because, like you said, Hernandez doesn't have a great uh, history when it comes to injuries. If he goes down, you can't play a back four with Kurzawa out there. So he, Luis Enrique may be forced to go to a back three based off of injuries. So I think he's maybe getting the team used to it. Barcola out there as a left wing back. So that could be kind of hinting at that all right ethan let's get you out of here on this one i need some predictions out of you i want to know what the final score is on wednesday who's scoring when how give me it is it gonna rain whatever give me as much as you can uh yeah it'll rain because it's northern england in october um it'll rain i'm guessing i don't know i, I haven't checked the weather reports for newcastle upon tyne sorry everyone but um yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go with a, a two-one or a three-two win from us. It'll be tough, but I think that'll sparks will be flying. It'll probably be pretty dicey. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, whoever we start up top, whether it's Colomani or Ramos. I'm gonna go goal for them. I'll go probably a goal from Mbappe or. Hmm. Well, the thing is, Vitinha, he tries so many long shots, but he never makes any of them. He's only made like one or two. 
Um, but if the man can play as a, like, if he can, I want to see like late runs in the box from someone like him, or if we play with a 10, because I know that there's been rumors that we've been testing a 4-2-3-1 uh, with probably like Dembele as the 10. Um, late runs from either like Vitinha, Bornsire, Emery, or, or maybe Dembele. So um, yeah, that would be my guess. What about you? Well, first of all, I looked up the weather report. Um, looks like on Wednesday is going to be a high of 61, low of 53, cloudy, but no precipitation. So I think in Newcastle upon Tyne, um, should be pretty dry. I think is what it look, what it's looking like. Although I don't know in the evening, it does look like it, it could rain. Long story short, it looks like it's going to be dry in the morning and then could rain in the evening. So. There's that. So we got that prediction out of the way. I'm going with a 1-1 draw. Um, And I think that's still good for PSG. Um, I think what's going to happen, I think Newcastle, to think that PSG are going to keep a clean sheet um, at Newcastle in that atmosphere with the drones flying above, I think is a a big, big ask. Um, So I think Newcastle will find a goal in the first half. I think it'll come probably off a set piece, a header, kind of a, a scrappy goal. I think they'll get that. Second half, I think PSG will find an equalizer. I'm going to say maybe around the 70th minute. I think we're going to see um, – I'll go with Mbappe. I think he's going to get the goal. Um, he's going to tie it up, and, and I think PSG will see this one out. I think PSG will definitely be on the front foot after that goal. They'll be pushing. There'll be some chances. We'll all be screaming. Um, but I think ultimately it's going to end 1-1 um, with PSG escaping with a point. And after two games, four points – including one away at Newcastle. I think that that's pretty solid. So that's what I'm going to go with. But we'll have to wait and see on Wednesday to see if our predictions are accurate. Um, Ethan, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know this was a busy, busy day for you. So thanks for coming on and talking a little PSG. Let the fine folks listening know how they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, I am at PSG underscore Boise. Fantastic. And as always, I am at PSG Talk. Come on over, say hello, chat during the game on Wednesday. We might try to do a a Twitter spaces or something, take some questions during the game and after as well. Uh, Those are always fun. I always like to hear from people right after a game. So we might try to do that. Uh, Check out PSGTalk.com. We'll have all the latest news and updates over there. And then over on Substack, PSG Talk Extra Time, we've got a new piece from Jonathan Johnson of CBS Sports coming up. Probably going to work on that uh, first thing in the morning. And we'll have some more content for you. So thank you for listening to this show. Thank you for subscribing. Leave a review or comment wherever you listen. Much, Very much appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, until next time, we'll talk to you then. Bye, everyone.